Welcome to the Dental Master Series podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Vandermolen. This podcast is dedicated to helping you become the best version of yourself, both personally and professionally. Throughout this series, you will have the opportunity to hear and learn from people who are, have reached high levels of success in life and in dentistry. And these same people also genuinely want you to be able to do the same. I'm so honored to welcome back uh, Dr. John Phillips um, to come. We're doing this series on the different stages of practice. Welcome, John. Hey, Matt. Thank you so much. I'm really, really excited about today's podcast and what it could potentially mean that to the people that are listening and to their practice, how can how it can um, profoundly affect their practice. It's going to be a good one. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you, John. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, stage two practice and and um, some fundamental things that we think are real important to get started with that stage two practice. And I would encourage you, if if you didn't hear the podcast about the four stages of dental practice, I would encourage you to go back and, and listen to that. But just as a brief review, I defined uh, in that podcast, and, and John and I spoke um, at length about the different stages, but the stage one practice was what I called the average solo uh, ADA practice. So that's a practice doing 800,000 to $1 million gross. The dentist is netting between 90 and 200,000 uh, per year. This practice is really all on the doctor. This, this doctor is, is, is running hard, uh, doing everything they can. They're, they're, they're doing everything. They're, they're doing, they have people working for them, but they're just working hard. They might even be out taking out the trash, cleaning the windows. They're doing everything. And we've uh, all been there, Matt. Right. We've all been at that practice. I mean, let's not uh, <laughs> let's not overlook that. That that was me, and that was you. Yep. And, yep. Yeah. So so we talked a little bit about that in our, our last podcast, and um, that doctor tends to be frustrated. But in a, in a lot of because it is the AD, the average ADA type practice. Um, that's where a lot of people get stuck and they think that's what dentistry is. And so John and I want to help you move through that. So then uh, after that is a stage two practice and still a solo practice. Now uh, this dentist has moved into the one to $2 million range in the practice. Uh, they're netting two to four times what they were in the stage one practice. Um, now um, some systems are, have been put into play by that dentist, uh, starting to introduce um, and, or start training people who are um, team leaders and, um, and, and now this doctor is still running hard and they've pretty much maxed out themselves uh, as a solo practitioner in terms of how much clinical dentistry they can do. They're still working on a lot of things that um, maybe they, they don't need to um, uh, do, do in the future. Um, they're still, their home life is probably restricted in terms of free time. They're making good money and that kind of makes up for it for a while, but um, in the end, that's, it, it's not a good end game place to be. Then the doctor moves into stage three. And, and we mentioned this uh, in our last podcast about uh, the stage three was that this is a leap of faith. So the, the doctor now has decided, hey, I need to bring some other doctors in. And, um, and because of that, this practice uh, jumps from t- to being the one to two million to a two to five million dollar practice has a, a seven figure net income. Um, this doctor now has solid team leaders. Um, this doctor also has uh, probably an operations manager. So what's happening in this situation is is that now um, systems are solid and you've got a management team that's actually running the systems. And now this doctor finds that basically um, they've become a clinician and and basically um, a leader. And then um, then you, you can move to stage four. And this is what I call a team driven 
team leader driven practice. Uh, this practice is now doing greater than five million uh, solid seven figure income. Um, and this practice now is running uh, reliably on the team leadership. So the, doc, the, the founder doctor does not have to be there anymore. Um, the practice is pretty much running on its own. The founder doctor can choose to reduce their days uh, significantly. Um, in some cases, a founder doctor might exit the, the clinic altogether. It just depends on what this, this doctor wants to do. And that's the key thing about um, this stage is that now the founder doctor uh, has a life of their own. Economically, they're good. Um, and so they have choices. And so that's a great place to be. So that's the four stages. And, and today, um, John and I wanted to um, talk about stage two. Now, stage two is, uh, like I said, is, is good money in stage two. Um, um, and what gets you in a stage two is, you know, bearing down and doing more clinical dentistry because now you have some some systems uh, at play that are helping you to focus more. You're getting a little bit of help. Um, but at the same time, like I said, um, you know, all the systems really aren't quite in place yet and your your leadership team isn't quite in place yet. And you're at stage two, you're still learning to be a leader yourself. And so um, stage two is a place where you really don't want to be too too long. It's it's good for the money, but you want to move to that stage three practice because now at stage three, um, you you have more of a life of your own at that point. You can make some decisions. You can sit back and let other people do things that you were used to doing, especially way back in, in phase one. So John and I put our heads together and, and we said, okay, let's, uh, one of the key things about stage two is you have to have systems. And so what are some of these systems? And um, one of the things that, that we decided that we needed to talk about first, it's, it's an essential system, is um, having a morning meeting or a morning huddle. And uh, John, you, you agree with, you still agree with me on that, right? You know, you know, Matt, I do. And I love that you took just a minute to go over this because you, you, you know, I, I need 30 seconds. Did you, you brought up a point about being in a ship rowing in the belly of the ship, uh, almost, uh, like a slave ship and you're, right. you know, stage one practice, you're in the belly of that ship and you don't even know where it's going. You're working so hard in stage two, it's a bigger ship now and you're rowing harder than you ever have. And we got to get you out of that stage two, because it is a, it, it, it is a profitable stage. It's a bigger ship, but yet you're working harder than ever. And the leap of faith is when you climb up upstairs and you get up on the deck and you grab the steering wheel and you start guiding the direction of your practice. And that's the multi-doctor practice and that's stage three. And then the exciting thing happens is when, when you have a good, a bunch of good systems and a bunch of uh, really strong other supporting cast in the form of team leaders and Matt, in that team leader-driven practice, I liked how you talked last time about it being up in the, the doctor is now the visionary right. up in the crow's roost. He's not even steering the ship anymore. He's the captain of the ship, but he's up there in the top and he's deciding which way to go, how to get there, what trends are there, how many employees do they need, do they need to hire more doctors, what are the blockages of the practice? And so you can really get your head up in that crow's roost and maybe even get it out of the fog. Right. Yeah, you really have that, what's called a a global view of what's going on. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's really good. And and so it it might be hard for some people listening to this tonight to to even, even think about the vision of their practice much less leaders in their practice. Because if you're stuck in stage one or in stage two, you're just so busy. And here we are right in the middle of this COVID-19, you know, pandemic and the shutdown. And, 
And now's the time to take a deep breath. Let's talk about being the leader, the visionary, um, the, the, the owner of a practice. And maybe you don't own a practice. Maybe you work in a practice. But the systems we're going to talk about tonight, like you said, the morning huddle, that strategy, um, I would recommend, and I know you would too, uh, I would recommend every single person start working on their morning meeting strategy. Matt, how many, how many office, how many other offices come and visit you on a yearly basis or, or maybe in the past five years, how many practices and, and what do they say about this, this part, this strategy? Um, you know, I, I don't even know, but uh, we always enjoy it. We, we always learn from the other practices when they come in. So we like to have them come in and uh, we have an open door policy about that. But, but, you know, it's interesting because, um, <clears throat> Um, we, we, have pract- we had a practice that was very successful, uh, doing really well. Uh, they came in and they sat through our uh, morning meeting and the doctor came up to me afterwards and he, go- and he said, he says, he goes, I'm so impressed with the level of readiness mm. that, that you guys have in your morning meeting. And uh, I just, you know, it kind of took me back. It's like, well, you know, kind of, yeah, yeah, duh, you know, that's what it's for, but, but I didn't really think about it, but, and then it made me think about, well, here's he's successful and have more meetings. Obviously they're not doing it the way we are. But then at the end of the day, I asked him, I said, I said, well, <clears throat> now that you've gone through the day, what do you, what do you think about the morning meeting? Were we ready? And he goes, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Um, mm. And, and I always well. tell people, you know, it's, you, you know, you can, it's the 80, 20 thing, right? 80% of your day is probably going to go pretty much how it's planned. Well, don't you want to be able to, to really have that down so that the 20% of the day that, that, you know, has some chaos, um, then it's not such a big deal. And, and in the morning huddle or morning meeting, and, and we'll talk about this a little bit, is you're expecting, you're expecting a little bit of chaos. And so you're ready for it. So, um, so that's, what's so cool about, uh, the morning meeting. And so, and so when, whenever I think about a system in my practice, or if, if I'm looking into some new system, or if, if you were to tell me, Hey, I'm, I'm doing this now and it's working. I think, okay, how could this system help? I always ask myself, what's the purpose and, and why, why are we doing that? And if, if the purpose means is why, why does the morning huddle strategy exist? What's the purpose for it? And, you know, I, I think about being, being prepared and you said the level of preparedness. Right. And so I'm a, I'm a big sports guy, just like you. And, you know, I, I love, love playing lots of sports growing up, but I, I did get to play football in the junior high and high school level. But when you get to the level of the NFL they still get prepared for the game at a very, very high level. They have pregame meetings. They have a pregame warm-up. I mean, they're getting ready to get ready. Right. The play script, Matt, that coach typically has, when they get on offense, they have their first 10 plays scripted. And their purpose for that, that script is to see how the defense responds. Right. You know, th- then – they have a culture of flexibility. What's that mean? Well, you know, if, if they're getting whipped right from the start, they better change things quickly and they're open to change. And, and so let me ask you this, how, how can we relate that, that pregame meeting, that morning huddle, the pregame warmup, um, if it's good enough for the NFL who prepares Monday through Saturday for one game that's going to last three hours and they still do a morning huddle, a pregame 
meeting, if that's good enough for them, why should we start every single day out with it? What are we looking for? Well, I mean, um, you know, uh, again, um, level of readiness. So, I mean, that's, yes. that's, that's the big thing. I mean, it's like when you, when you get ready to go on a trip, for instance, you know, you get things ready and you're thinking about it all week, but really when it just comes right down to before you leave, that's when it's like, okay, <laughs> you've reminded yourself to pack your passport a million times, but you know, you, that's where you really focus on, okay, what's the most important thing? I think that at least for me and, and my team is the closer we get to that, the more our, our focus um, goes in because what's, mm. what's immediately in front of you is what you have to concentrate on. So if you make that next uh, eight or 12 hour day, uh, your, your immediate focus, then, um, then, then that works really well. And, and really, um, why should you be focusing too much beyond that? We're going to talk about thinking about tomorrow too. Uh, and we're going to think about a little bit what happened yesterday so that we can repeat the good things that happened yesterday and, and maybe the not so good things that happened yesterday. But, um, but really, um, looking out beyond that doesn't really make much sense. No, 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 no. I agree. I, I, I could not agree more. If, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about, man, I need to have a good month. I need to have a good, um, you know, I don't know when we're going to get back to work, but maybe we go back to work May 1st. Well, I need to have a, I need to have a good month of May. And I bet you anything, Matt Vandermolen is not thinking I need to have a good month. No. I think Matt Vandermolen's thinking, what do I have to do every single day to have a good month? And what do I have to do on this day, every single hour have a good day so that I'll have a good month. Can you see the difference there? Right. And it's just so much, I always say I'm a kind of a simple guy, so I, I can't be thinking about a month. I got, I got to no. break it down to you know an hourly thing. Like you said, it just, it's just so much easier and it's a really a more elegant approach. Um, I think. Well, let's, let's throw some stuff out there because now you're, you're in the NFL and you're doing this pregame warm up and, and this pregame script and some of the things you're, you're going to be thinking of is, is are you hitting goal or not? Right. Or are you hitting goal and you're not just hitting goal, you're way, 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 way out. You're, you have a big case coming in and you're really hitting goal. Okay. Well, what's something else you may be thinking about? Maybe it's a big case. Maybe it's a sedation patient. Is this big case patient? Is this sedation patient? Is it an easy patient? Is it a hard patient? Uh, do you think you'll run ahead or do you think you'll run behind? Because if you're going to run ahead, maybe we could add more dentistry in there. Maybe if you're going to produce a whole bunch, maybe you have some deliveries you can squeeze in there that these patients need to get so, get in sooner to have some crowns put on. What are some opportunities or, opportunities or some possibilities there that would help your day go better? How about hygiene? What do you think about when you think about hygiene, Matt? Um, well, me as the doctor, what's what are the, going to be the opportunities? What's, mm-hmm. what's coming in? What's already treatment planned? Um, and I, I just wanted to say too, uh, John, we were talking, just, it just popped in my head about, you know, a sedation patient is if, if it's going to go easy, it's going to go fast is that the, the coolest thing is after you do this for a while is when you watch your assistants or your hygienists and they've got the sketch, cause we print out all the schedules that are in front of us. We don't, we don't, um, all, we don't have them all on, um, monitors, uh, because there's several of us standing around. So we, we print out all the schedules and we're looking at it. And I just love to watch my staff studying that schedule like it's a game board. Like it's they're, mm. they're looking at that and going, well, we could put someone in there. I mean, I just, uh, it makes my hair stand up on the back of my neck. It's just mm. it's such a cool, cool feeling because uh, as but you know, I love it to be a game. And, and so that your schedule 
is your is your game board and and so and and this meeting is a part of the game like you said it's a it's a very important part the game hasn't even started yet technically but it really has it's uh it's it's the pregame like you were mentioning with uh with the football analogy but matt if your employees are studying that schedule when you're stuck in stage one or in stage two it's really hard unless you just have some really really strong employees that are ready to move up to that leadership status. And tell me if you, you know, I want you to add to this in just a minute, but when you've empowered your team to start studying the schedule to make your day go smoother, make your day be more productive, in my word, I mean, that's momentum. Yeah. That's a practice. Yeah. Let me back up. Let me back up. That's not a practice. That's a business that is going to be successful in making a profit. We're in the business of taking care of people. And if we take care of people really, really well, at the end of the day, we're going to have a profit at that day. Not at the end of the month. Don't wait till the end of the month. Know what your numbers are and know what you need to hit every single day so that you can have profit. When you're, if Matt, when you've empowered your employees and you can stand back and you can watch them looking at that paper schedule and the hair stands up on the back of your neck, you know you're, you've hit a special place. You've hit a sweet spot. And now your practice has lift or your practice has momentum. Would yeah. you agree with that? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, it, there's a, there's a buzz, you know, it's a, you can feel, you can, you can, there's a palpable buzz when, when you, you can just feel it. You can feel it when you're walking the front door, you know, like, like I said, you've been to practice, I've been to practices. You walk in, you know, right, you ran right away. These people are happy. They're sad. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're clock punchers or they're there for, for some sort of mission. And, um, you know, in, in my practice, um, there's a palpable, uh, it's, it's just palpable what's going on there. These people are on a mission and, and patients say that all the time. So, so that shows up in the morning huddle. It's not just, it does. it's not just reading over the schedule. Uh, no, no, it's, it's really studying, studying the, the game the game board and what's our strategy. So, so let me, let me say this because we talked about the NFL and we talked about the pregame uh, warm up and play script and all that stuff. I got to tell a very, very quick story here. When, when my boys started playing football, uh, they were playing mighty might football. And, you know, when, when, when you're trying to get these kids lined up just to run a play, you don't even really worry about a pregame meeting you're, you're the dads are out there all lining them up and, 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 you know, before the ball is even hiked, one of the little boys stands up and walks over and picks up a flower, you know, and, and, and one kid sits down and all he's ready for is the pop at the end of the game. And, and they just don't understand. And a lot of practices at that entry level stage one, there's no clarity, right? There's no focus. But it starts with an understanding and a preparedness. Now, why, why, do, why do we do the morning huddle? When I think about communication for the team, when I think about office culture, when I think about consistency and always doing the right thing, maybe in the beginning you're that little bitty mighty might football team. But over time, I, I believe the morning huddle has the potential for developing leaders within your business. I, I think that I expect my employees to come to that meeting prepared. Uh, they don't come to the meeting for me to run the meeting. We go to the meeting for them to run the meeting. Right. And that's a good point. And yes. 
that's that's so the point. This so on a doctor this is this the doctor initially when you first start this and you're in fate you're in stage two you the doctor you're, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna sort of do a, an agenda so to speak um of how you want the the meeting to go and you, you may lead a few but then you're gonna you're gonna tell uh some of your developing team leaders at that point who say, well, okay, well, you're going to run, you're going to run the meeting and then you're going to call on people to maybe read off statistics from yesterday. And, and, you know, it's going to go, go a certain way. And, um, and yeah, it should definitely be led by somebody else on your team. I agree. So how, so how that practice goes from stage one to stage two to stage three is what you just said. You've def- defined your system, you implement your system, and then you put people in there to run that system. This isn't the doctor running every system. If you want to be right, if you want to be successful, you've got to get out of the way. Um, I, I, I had a, a consultant tell me, a, long, a business consultant tell me a long time ago, if you want to get away from the mom and pop type business, you've got to learn to be wrong and you've got to learn to be, to, and you have to be, you have to learn to be wrong. You have to learn to get out of the way. And be okay to be humble and to say please and thank you and to step out of the way. Yeah. And so many doctors think, no, I'm the only one that can prep the crown. No, I'm the only one that can make the temporary. I'm the only one that can get the impression. I'm the only one. I'm the only one. Well, you're the only one that can keep you in stage one because that's what you're doing when you keep saying that. Right. And, and so here we have a strategy called the morning huddle strategy. And, and so when you think about your team... Um, and growing leaders, um, what when you think about opportunities throughout the day, I, I think about the morning huddle has other things to offer than just how do we make our day smoother. I look at it as, and we're going to go through the structure in just a minute, but I want to talk about this for a minute. I jotted some notes down. I believe that the morning huddle can help the team look for possible training opportunities. Do you believe that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay. So things, things are, things are going on all the time. And the one thing I wanted to kind of say in general about, um, uh, morning meetings is that there's sort of no judgment. So, uh, Oh, that's good. So, that's real good. So, you know, I talk a lot about how, um, if, if you have a really good team culture, you have, you have a team that feels safe in, in, safe in expressing themselves safe in that if they make a mistake that they're just not going to get pounded so in in the morning meetings i mean morning meetings you have to realize is again uh, a lot of dentists are introverts so you'll understand this if, if you're an introvert but we tend to hire a lot of introverts too especially the clinical team um and 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 if if those people ask questions they can never be put down um or if they make comments and you don't necessarily agree with it, you can never be put down, but everything's open and, and you want to bring that out because uh, things like what you were just saying, John, that that's, that's a training opportunity um, is that maybe somebody misunderstands something, but there's, but no, nobody's ever put down and go, Oh, that's stupid. Or, you know, <laughs> I can't remember no. hearing that. And, and there's, there's been, you know, even our, the sophistication, our team, sometimes people say some pretty stupid things, but, but, it's, but it's eye opening. So like, wow, something, we're missing something. We're missing communication. And so that's an opportunity to, uh, to, to talk to people and, and to train them the correct way without so, you know, making them feel. So, bad. yeah, 
And, and, you know, I was, I was thinking training opportunity, like during this time of the day, we need to train Susie on how to make a temporary, That's or true. we need yep. to train Sally how to, how to clean this room right. or so it would buddy up, um, how to buddy up people and say, Hey, we need to grab them and do this. Yeah. You're exactly right. It's, yeah. it's a plan for training. It's a plan on, on never putting people down. I also have written down, and this is really important to our practice and the culture is that we work together every single day. We spend more time with each other than we do with some family members. Mm-hmm. Some days, sometime we're going to walk in there and we're going to have a bad day. And so we, we talk about um, the day that we come in and the employee who has a, a dog uh, that they love like a family member. Well, someday that person, that employee member is going to come in and, they, and, and last night their dog died. Mm-hmm. And we joke about that because it's going to be a bad day for that girl because she loves her dog. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Those patients coming in, 50% of Americans don't go to the dentist because of fear. Right. Those patients coming in, they don't care if you're having a good day or a bad day. They don't care if your dog died yesterday. They don't care if you have a hangnail or that you stubbed your toe. They don't care. And, And we care because we love our team. We care because we have that kind of a culture. And so if somebody's having a bad day, now listen, if the same person comes to your office every day and every day they're having a bad day, they need to go have a bad day somewhere else. (laughs) Right? Yes, I agree. (laughs) But if you have good, strong team members and good, strong employees and everything goes good, and you know what? Um, One of my employees' mom was in a really, really bad car accident. She's okay. But boy, it was stressful on that assistant. And so so we all rallied around her. Yes. It has to be a safe environment. It has to be a trusting environment. And, you know, that's one thing that comes out in the morning huddle. The other thing is, is um, do, sometimes a team member might have to have to be gone or they may have to leave early. We need to talk about that. Sometimes there's bottlenecks and there's a flow problem uh, in the practice and and we, you know, we have to listen to our team for that stuff. Does, does that make sense, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. And I just wanted to um, say too, is um, it going with that is, um, you know, you, the doctor are always on stage, not just with your patients, but with your team. And always, and as soon as you walk into that morning meeting, you, you got to make yourself smile. So I'm not uh, a smiley person uh, generally. I'm kind of an introvert, <laughs> and uh, I, have, I have kind of a way about me. But um, um, I'm 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 definitely a an optimistic person. But sometimes my face doesn't show that, and so I mentally have to when I walk into a room, when I walk into an operatory to talk to it, I, I make myself smile before I go in there, and and it's amazing what the, that will do. And so I would encourage you. And and I've been guilty of breaking this rule on, on morning meetings because you get in there and you got stuff on your mind, stuff happens at home, or you're thinking about all this other stuff that you have to do outside of the the clinical day, and it, and it's getting to you. And then <clears throat> then your your staff sees you and they see you're not smiling, so they're thinking they're thinking all the worst possible thoughts. They're thinking, man, he's mad at us because something happened that you might not even be aware of. So start off your uh, your 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 uh, morning huddle with a smile, um, because your team is going to key off of you. And even if one of them is having a bad day, that that whole 
presence of you being smiley uh, and and ready for that meeting is, is just going to rub off on everybody else around you. And there, there's psychological studies that say, you know, people can be so many feet away from you. They see you're smiling. They're just going to pick it up. They're just going to see it in your body, body language. So just remember that as a leader, that that's an important thing to do. It, it sounds, it sounds kind of silly, but believe me, it works. It sounds hokey pokey, but I, I agree with it uh, 1000%. And, you know, here we are, right in the middle of this crazy world and, and, and this pandemic. And we're talking about a morning meeting and we're talking about smiling and, and everyone listening. I believe this with all my heart. I believe that when we come back, that my practice is going to have strong systems and my practice is going to have strong leaders. And when every patient comes into my practice, we're going to listen to them. We're going to love on them. We're going to be ready for them. And you know what? Our practice is going to do good because it's the people that make the difference and it starts with the leader. So you going in there smiling, that that is so, so very true. The doctor needs to be early, not late. He needs to be five minutes early. He needs to be ready for the meeting and he needs to start the day uh excited about how he can be a visionary for the practice and what kind of day we can have. And um, I, I, I think those practices that never get over the hump, that doctor needs to get a big, big three by five mirror and get real close to it and look in that mirror every day and say, okay, what do I need to do different? Because if I point my finger at any of my employees, there's three fingers pointing back at me. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of funny because, uh, both John, John, you and I, we've, we've uh, worked with a, a man named Randy Alvarez, and he does a thing called the Wellness Hour. And, and uh, you know, we've recorded TV spots, and, and uh, they've done really well for me, and I know they've done well for you. But it's interesting because here, here's this guy that's interviewing um, hundreds of dentists. And, and he says the number one problem that he has with dentists is that he always has to keep reminding them to smile. <laughs> and I just, I just, that just <laughs> cracks me up. He's like, you guys are in the smile business. What's wrong with you? You know? And, uh, mm. and so uh, that I'll, I'll never forget that, that, that kind of slapped me in the, in the face. Um, yeah. But, uh, but anyway, it, it is really important. And the other thing, no. the, the other thing that I wanted to say too, is if it's possible, and I know some places you're crowded. So in my, in my office, we don't have a whole lot of um, what I call non-productive space. So we don't have a big staff lounge or anything like that. Um, we have a kitchen and it has a, a kitchen island in front. There's a few stools around there and a few people grab the stools. Um, just because it's such a small space, we have to have a few people sitting down stools, but everybody else is standing up. And it's kind of like, you know, in a football huddle, you know, nobody just, you know, a couple guys don't just decide they're going to sit in the grass. They're, they're all uh, standing up, they're leaning into each other. Um, you know, the, the, I think that just that posture helps you get going. Um, and if your team does sit down, they should be sitting forward. They shouldn't be sort of hanging back and, you know, big lounge chairs and uh, the beginning of the day. <laughs> you don't want to be, you don't want to be lounging around and falling back asleep. No. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a high energy thing. So if you can just make it a stand-up meeting and, and this meeting is going to be, I mean, this is not a long meeting. This is, you know, 15 hours go 20 minutes because we have multiple doctors and it can take some time sometimes, but, but, you know, it's 15, 20 minutes and, and you're standing and you're ready to go. I agree. We're, we're exactly, exactly the same thing. We're standing up, we're in a circle. It's go, go, go in your face. Uh, everybody comes prepared, you know, and, and when I say prepared, I want to know about my patients too. We haven't talked about that. I want to know what their wants are, their desires are. Why now? 
Why is that patient coming in getting their dentistry done? Why is that new patient coming in? What's the story? Right. You know, the story might be in the hand been the dentist in eight years and they're scared to death. And today we're going to sedate them and do a bunch of dentistry on them. Well, how we talk to that patient and how we talk to that patient's driver, every time a patient's driver comes in on a sedation patient, guess what? That is a marketing event. They're going to see your practice. Absolutely. They're going to talk to the doctor. Everything we do is a marketing event. We are selling ourselves and, and we should be excited um, and we should be looking at how can we take care of our patients? We always ask, why now? What's the story? Um, you know, and, and, and then lastly, the, the other thing that I have down, Matt, is, is, is why we do the morning huddle, is what are other opportunities for the schedule? What are some things, and I'm going to run this by you too, but when you're going through your schedule quickly, what opportunities are you looking for? Well, you're, you're looking, you're looking to, for more dentistry. You're looking for more dentistry. You're looking for maybe an opportunity um, for, for us. We're always looking for stories to tell about our patients. So you're looking and you're saying, you know, dentists, we're always real good about, you know, those of us to take photography and you should, uh, if you're not, you should start. Um, but we're always, good I agree. At, we're always good at the befores. And then we're terrible at the afters. Why? Because, you know, we spin everything in, the patient's numb, there's some bleeding, there's, you know, they've got cement on their face. And, you know, it's just, you know, you've messed up the, it's a woman, you've messed up her makeup and you don't want to take an after there. And then, you know, obviously you should take pictures the next time. Some, some practices will schedule the patient uh, one or two weeks out. And sometimes we do that depending on the case, but a lot of times, you know, it might be their next uh, recare exam that you do that. Well, your hygienist should be looking for that. Um, and you, the doctor should be looking at, Oh, uh, she's coming. We got to get after photos. And, you know, ideally you would have prepped that patient even six months ago saying, Hey, when you come in for your six months exam, uh, we want to get some photos. We, we know you're going to have us some stories to tell us about, you know, how, how things have worked for you. Would, would it be okay to do that and get them to sign off on that and then be ready for that. Um, and even if it's, if it's not, you go, God, we don't have photos or the, the photos we took are terrible. And uh, so we need to get better photos on this patient. We need to talk to them always. About that. So always the, the most beautiful case you've ever done. You have terrible before pictures. Always, <laughs> always, always, always happens. Well, I, I mean, maybe just me. I do. Well, uh, I do have a thought about that though, too. I, I will say I, I went to a dentist and this is many years ago when veneers were a big thing. Veneers were kind of new. This is in the, the, uh, in the nineties, early nineties. Um, so I'm, I'm in, I'm in uh, New York city. I'm in Manhattan. This guy, he's, that's all he's doing is, is veneers. And this is in the nineties and he's charging $2,000 per veneer in the nineties uh, when everybody else is charging maybe $400. And, and I look and, and this is before computers were like they are right now. He has uh, books, uh, tons of them. So photo albums and in the photo albums is just all these beautiful smiles all different ages. And I said, well, what's that for? And he goes, well, that's what I show up. That's how I sell my cases. I go, well, where's the befores? Do you bring the, are those in different books? He goes, no, I, I, I never use it before. And I go, well, what are you doing? He goes, he goes, the before is me telling the story about this person in the after. He goes, people, mm. people really want, they just want to hear the story. And he said, he says, so I'll just flip to a page and go, oh, those, they'll tell me, the patient will tell me their story. You know that they were afraid. Oh, well, here's here's Mary. Let me find her in the in the in the book. Here's here's Mary. She's just like you. Uh, she was really afraid. Her teeth were really it was really bad. It was you know it was it was horrible. And he would say stuff like that. And he goes and well here's Mary now. Is that mm, is, is, gosh? It, would 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 that be good for you? 
and and it could be as simple as that or you know or he could go in more depth about the story so so it's interesting that instead of having a before god awful picture and most dentists show the retracted awful picture and, and maybe you need to do that to whack especially men over the top of the head and go you know do you, do you, do you, see, do you see this are you looking at this i mean i can get that but that was a good lesson for me so i so to me, the after photo is actually more important. Well, but, but let's, let's talk about the strategy because why the morning huddle strategy is to be prepared. There could be a new patient coming in that that new patient told the front desk person. They told them their whole life history and they told them their story. And if you share that in your morning huddle, Matt, that's powerful. Then, yeah. then it's powerful because you come ready when you sit in with that new patient. You already know that story. Right. And your new patient coordinator um, who's going to sit down and do that new patient consult with them, they already know the story so they can develop a relationship so much better. Yes. And um, that's, it's all about trust and relationships. That That's really, really good. You cannot overlook celebrating with your patients with after photos and listening to those stories. Yeah. That's good. So let's take just a minute, if it's okay, Matt, and let's just run through. We talked about the stage one practice, just setting systems in place. There's a system for how to do this morning huddle. Yeah. There's stru a structure to it. Right. And and how I was told was YT squared. And that's just a silly acronym for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Okay, good. I thought we were going to do math. I was getting a little nervous there. Okay. No. I can only no, count no, 32 no. now. That's it. <laughs> 32 is it, huh? Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yes. Yes, that's pretty funny. So so YT squared is yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And so you're going you're, you're, you're gonna to walk into your practice Monday morning. And you're going to have the best day ever. And, and you're going to get there a little bit early and you're going to look at your schedule and you're going to look at what you did yesterday. And when it's time for that meeting, you're going to walk into your meeting and whoever's running the meeting is going to have a sheet of paper. And that sheet of paper is going to have yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And, and what do we want to talk about that happened yesterday? Now, this isn't, this isn't a six or seven minute um, debriefing on what exactly happened yesterday. This is a short overview. If there was a problem about what happened yesterday, my team is to have identified it before this meeting. Yeah. My team as to have, they, they should have identified possible solutions before this meeting. We don't come to the meeting to solve all the problems. We don't have three hours for this morning huddle. Right. We've got 15 to 20 minutes. So, so yesterday, you know, let's rapid fire this, Matt. What are we looking for for yesterday? Well, I mean, you're going to look at your production and collection numbers, and then Good. look. You're, you're going to look at what, what was our goal yesterday? Did we hit it? Did we miss it? Yep. Uh, did we surpass it? Um, in you know, and we'll talk about bonuses another time. But are we bonusing from what we did yesterday? Um, and if if, if we did, uh, if we made goal or we bonused, uh, then there's celebration. Got to be celebrating. And I'm terrible at that. And you're probably terrible at it. I'm an analytical doctor that never smiles and never celebrates. Okay. There, I, I just confessed it to you. Yeah. I'm, I'm the world's worst. I am. I, I stink at it. I got to look in the mirror, that three by five mirror every morning and put a smile on my face, walk into the meeting and say, ha ha, happy parade. No, I set a goal. I hit the goal and I move on to the next thing. And my employees know this. Yeah. They're like, they, they call me the fun sucker. You suck <laughs> the fun out of everything. And, and luckily I've got some team leaders that say, Hey, we're going to really celebrate this. Let's go do something fun. And so you got to do that. You've got to celebrate. Right. And, and, and that's, that's important. What else about yesterday? Um, well, if, uh, 
you know, if there, if there was some sort of a break breakup thing, we, we don't typically, we won't do it right away. That sort of come up later in, in our meeting, but, um, but you want to know if, if there was some, something that, you know, like you said, you don't want to solve it, but say, Hey, we had, uh, and it could be a good thing. So-and-so came in and, and, uh, you know, they're real happy about it, whatever. Uh, we tend to do that to the end of our meeting, but I don't know. How about you? Well, I, I might, I mean, I might say, uh, you know, what went well yesterday? And it might say, you know what, uh, uh, this new employee, she's never assisted with an extraction before, and she did great. And everybody's celebrating. Hey, good job. Or or we might say, you know what, we are 50 bucks short of hitting goal, and we worked through lunch, and we got saw this toothache. Or, or hey, you know what, um, we had this patient cancel, and it was a $4,000 case, and they had a death in the family, and they canceled. And Mary called a patient a week out and they came in early and we still hit gold. Yeah. And it's like, Oh my goodness, that's awesome. The other thing I think, I think is really, really something you need to celebrate is because we're a sedation practice. We always talk about those follow-up phone calls. So if you're in my practice today and I sedate you today, tomorrow morning, what would happen? Uh, I'm sorry. I sedate you today. One of my employees, takes the phone number home and they call them either before they leave the office or when they get home just to check on them and love on them. Yeah. Now, do I do that? No, I do that when I'm a stage one practice or a stage two practice. I don't do that now that I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm above a stage two. Make sure you understand the system. That's a system in itself. The doctor doesn't do everything. The doctor delegates that and whoever the assistant was, with that sedation patient or with that big case, they just call them that evening and say, Mrs. Jones, how you doing? How you feeling? Right. Right. And then, and then we talk about it for three seconds, not 30 seconds. Right. And so yesterday, uh, we, we don't spend much time on it. Uh, we move through it quickly. Do you agree with that? Yes. Yep. Okay. So that's yesterday. Now we're on to today. Now is the meat and potatoes. Now is the purpose for our pregame meeting to be prepared for our day. So, so what opportunities do we have for today? What What are you thinking of? Right. So again, you're looking at your um, your production. You're looking at what you're supposed to, what your goal is going to be, what you have on the schedule. Do we need to, yes. Do we need to get a bunch of same day to, to make our goal, or do we need to get some same day to to surpass our goal? Um, so again, this is where everybody's starting to study that, um, uh, you know, study the, the schedule where, where yes. what's, what's good, what's, what's, what's going to be a challenge, uh, with the schedule. Um, you know, um, and you know, we have one person that's responsible for the schedule and, 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 and this is not to beat up on her again, this is a safe zone. It's in, and in our practice, it's Brandy and said, Brandy, um, you know, this looks a little jammed up here. Can you tell us what's, what's going on here? And she said, well, this looks worse than it is. Really, here's what's going on. And this is why. I've Absolutely. Um, so stuff like that. So, uh, and then, and, or she says, you know, uh, I got, I, you know, the patient had to be there and I, I, I got, and I figured you guys would, you know, she, she might say, I figured you guys could figure it out. And so they're going to work. Yeah, we can figure it out. Or, or you know, maybe can, maybe can we move this person down here? Um, so, so there's things like that that go on. Well, well, you know, you know, you're right. The, the, what you don't want, if you're trying to develop a system is to ask Brandy and Brandy's like, I don't know. Right. Yeah. That's never going to happen. I, I have no idea. You know, yeah, yeah, y'all figure it out. And, and so if, if we have, um, I think we have eight dental assistants 
that could be wrong. We may have nine dental assistants, but but when we come to this meeting, everybody's bringing two or three patients. They, you don't come to the meeting to review the charts. You review your charts before the meeting right. begins. Right. And 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 other things we look at because um, I I kind of Matt I got a confession I kind of cheated, and I took my notes that that I, I wanted and and I wanted I wanted to look at during our call tonight our podcast. Mm-hmm. And I sent these notes out to my team leaders yeah. and they said, they said, here's some problems with today. Uh-huh. Number one, number one, is the patient cross scheduled? Meaning they're going to get their teeth cleaned and then they're going to go do dentistry or they're going to be sedated and get dentistry done. And then, and, and then maybe they're going to have some wisdom teeth removed or they're going to be sedated. They're going to get their teeth cleaned right. and then they're going to do. Right. Uh, operative dentistry, and then they're going to get some teeth removed. Right, and, our, uh, and then, those are called crossover patients. So <laughs> crossover patients, I love it. And then, and then another thing, uh, an employee told me, a team leader told me, she said, we also always talk about bottlenecks. Right. Uh, with three doctors and five hygienists, where are the bottlenecks? And they're almost always a bottleneck with the hygiene exams with the doctors. And so they may say, you know what, uh, Dr. Phillips is going to be super hooked up with this surgery. So from the nine to 10 hour, do not expect him to do any hygiene exams. Right. We need the two associate doctors uh, to do those. Uh, another one was, could we possibly, if we're going to be getting done early with anybody, could we move anyone else up to be as efficient as possible? Right. Yeah, another um, thing with the hygiene, I mean, in our state, um, the doctor really only has to do the examination once per year. So if everybody, if, you, if the associates are jammed up and they see that, then it, it's, it's, you know, uh, go ahead and let the patient know, you know, the doctor's in surgery. Um, so um, if it's all right, we'll, we'll, we won't do the exam this time. We'll do it next time. But if you really want to see a doctor, we can make that happen. And, and almost always the, the, doc, the patient goes, oh, no, I don't, I don't want to surgery. So, so you're doing that proactively as opposed to yes. getting there, your, your hours up or whatever you have scheduled for hygiene. And then, and then the hygienist is waiting and then 20 minutes goes by and then they come back, oh, the doctor, he's, he's in surgery. That's a whole different scenario than at the beginning of the appointment saying, hey, the doctor is going to be in surgery and, and uh, you know, just proactively hitting that up. It's a whole different scenario for the patient. And they're always very accepting of that. But Matt, when you're talking about today, and you talk about a bottleneck, that's how you be proactive. Right. And for these offices that may not have this, um, they may need a little bit longer to get this format going. Mm-hmm. Uh, what scheduling changes are there? Ask you ask you know, ask this question. Your team will know yeah, they do. if there are there any scheduling changes or is there any possible openings? You know, Mrs. Jones, she's she's she she uh, only makes her appointment once every other, you know, or she's this person here, they cancel all the time. Right. So, so, you know, we need to be ready for that or we need right. to double book that or right. pot. Well, we talked about opportunities for same day service opportunities to, to squeeze in toothaches. Really, Matt, we've talked about production and collection. What are the numbers? But when we talk about a morning meeting, my business is not about the numbers, right? The numbers are the scoreboard, right? The numbers are the score up on the scoreboard telling me how well I'm playing the game. 
but it's the plays that we're running. It's the coaches that are calling in the play. It's the coordinators up in the box that are looking down at the schedule and they're making the adjustments. Right. You know, it's the quarterback on the field telling them what to put. And it's the linemen, you know, blocking a certain way. It's the, the pieces that everybody's doing. And I think if those practices listening in tonight or whenever they're listening in, if they would understand the value in this morning meeting, um, you know, you think about when you think about an, a, a great NFL coach, maybe the greatest NFL coach of all times, who would you say? <laughs> well, you know, I'm a Bears fan, so, you know, I got to always the only guy that we can ha- hang on to is Ditka. Ditka, yes. Well, Ditka. he's a good one. They still love he's him. a good one. And you know, what's interesting about Mike Dick, Ditka is that he doesn't necessarily go down as one of the great coaches, but he he was very well respected by his players. Uh, yes, he was because uh, you know he was a great player. Uh, he put his nose down. He stood by what he wanted to do. Um, he he. Uh, I was at, I was at a, a a Christian athlete thing, and and one of the former Bears players came down. He's like, "No, coach, you know he he'd say some bad words, but <laughs> but everybody respected him um, because we knew exactly where he was taking us." And so yeah. um, so that was an exciting time. But there, there's but but listen listen the 1985 Bears that's, that uh, Mike Ditka he allowed them <laughs> he allowed them to be themselves, didn't he? Yes. And, but they all- he allowed them to do their thing, even if it was shooting that crazy, <laughs> that crazy music video thing or whatever that was. That's I don't, uh, whatever. But, but, but you think about a guy that's not a smiley guy. Uh, Dick was not a right. smiley guy. But see, they they rallied around him because they knew they 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 knew his heart for for lack of better terms. They 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 knew that he was there for them. Um, they they knew mm. the direction he wanted to take things. So. That's that is so good, and they all work for the same cause. Even a guy from Oklahoma knows about the '85 Bears, right? So, uh, of course, I did. Legend. So, but anyway. Yes, yes, and so if we start talking about the fridge, we're in trouble. And so, uh, <laughs> William Refrigerator Perry, I, I remember that well. But you, but you know you know we're we're not just a numbers practice. The numbers right. is the scoreboard. Right. We're talking about all the different parts of the puzzle and how they how they jump in there together uh, to to to, to, to put the points on the board. Right. And I think the thing, the, the, the thing is, and I'm sorry to butt in, but I just, I, the thing of it is, it's so important is that, um, you know, you, when you're in, you're in this, you, you've, you've made it through stage one, you're in the stage two, you're trying to do these systems. And I think the thing you have to really start appreciating is that you need a happy team around you. And, and, and you have to realize that, especially the schedule, there's so many doctors that make this mistake. They're trying to control the schedule. They're, you know, someone comes up and goes, hey, doctor, we, we have this change. And, and the doctor's sitting there trying to make these decisions. And, oh, my God, I, you know, you got to divorce yourself from that. And you got to trust your team to run, mm. run the board, so to speak. And then, and, mm. then, and then you go ahead and work it. Your job is to work real hard. And if at the end of the day you say, you know, man, when, when you guys did this and switch that, that, that really sort of botched things up. Well, then it's okay to say that. And, and you say that, and you say that in your yesterday thing, say, Hey, when, when we, when you make made this switch, here's what happened. And this is why it didn't work. And so here's the solution that we don't do that anymore. And then it's simple. Um, and, and of course, before you say that, it's like, I really appreciate that you guys were jump, uh, you know, juggling things around for the most part that all worked, but here's that one thing that went wrong. And so, um, so that just helps them to learn the game better. So, 
um, you know, I don't play chess. I'm not smart enough, but but people talk about when they're playing chess that they've already moved like six moves ahead in there. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm out. So so you know your team can be doing the same thing. Your team is a lot smarter than you give them credit for, and your team wants to get out of there. At they the end do. Of the day. Um, so that's part of their game. Their game is to get out of there. <laughs> but well, hopefully you've hired. But hopefully you've hired people that like to work hard. In other words, they want to do a lot in that period of time. But at the end of the day, they got families to go back to. So so part of their game is to be done. You might, you know, well, whatever it takes. You know, you, you might be a little looser on that. But I'm going to tell you, that's the game they play. Yeah. Well, let me say one thing about that because the 1985 Bears had Mike Ditka as the head coach. He was not allowed to step on the field and play any position. That's the difference. We play the position. We try to play all the positions and that's foolish. We don't need to play those positions. Now it, 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 and and I've thought this many times, you know, I've got a, I've got a good friend who actually cannot practice dentistry anymore. Mm. And so, um, because he can't practice dentistry anymore, he can stand back and he can train people and he can run a practice. But think about Mike Ditka you know, are we trying to do everything? Because he, Mike did go, could only coach, right? He couldn't be the lineman and the fullback and the tailback and the quarterback and the defensive end and the field goal kicker. Right. Why should you be trying to do everything? Right. So, so, so Matt, we've, we've, we've talked about the numbers as being the score. And we talked about all these things to look at for today. Now, how much time we talked about YT squared and that we're going to wrap this up by talking about tomorrow. Right. When we talk about tomorrow in my practice, it's it's very quick. Yeah. Um, it's just saying, okay, my team comes to pre- pre- my team comes prepared for this meeting, and they're already telling me, hey, tomorrow we got three holes. Hey, yep. uh, tomorrow uh, is completely full. Don't put anyone in there. Or, <laughs> or if any toothache calls today, if we can't get them in today, tomorrow we can get them in between one and two. And so, or even tomorrow, so it's just booked, but we got people that can come. Those, some of those people can, can come in today. So, Ooh, that's good. It, yes. Yeah. Yes. Or tomorrow, Mrs. Jones is on the schedule and she is hurting. If we can squeeze her in today, we need to do that. And, and so how does tomorrow look? How much money is scheduled? What's the production scheduled? How many new patients are scheduled? Are there any new patient holes? Are there toothaches, same day service cancellations? Always talk about these things quickly because the more you talk about them, the more tomorrow never comes. Tomorrow is always going to be there. But what we're doing today depends on how we respond for tomorrow. Does that make sense? That's kind of like an Annie moment. You remember the old <laughs> yeah, movie? Right. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Okay. So, so if tomorrow is not perfect, we have all day today to get ready for it. That's what I'm trying to say. Does that make sense, Matt? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, and, and, yeah, it doesn't really have to go beyond that. Now, I will admit that in my practice, we have a whiteboard that's up. And one other thing that we do, that we look we look at the month. Um, so we have a running tally. So we know, we know for the week uh, where we're scheduled out. So what our goal is for the week, we, we know where we're at for that. And we know each doctor where they're at, you know, the hygiene's of that. And we also know for the month. But that's just sort of a general, general thing that we have going on. So, so, so if we have 
if we have a crappy day today and it's all filled and you know it's just that was the best way we were not know we're going to make goal but we look and at the end of the week we're, we're killing it um, because we had an awesome day yesterday or we've got an awesome day scheduled tomorrow we're we're not going to feel quite as bad now does that mean we're going to lay down and play dead nope we're still going to do all nope. the same things we're still going to look for opportunities and even though we have no chance uh, to to make our goal, we do have a chance to make the day better. And so that's the way my team uh, uh, practices. Because even though tomorrow looks great, we all know that that can fall apart uh, <laughs> with a couple phone calls. And Absolutely. So the, the focus really does have to be on, on today more than anything else. I agree. I, I could not agree more. There, there's a couple things um, when I think about somebody doing this this yt squared yesterday today and tomorrow there's a couple things that i've got to mention talking about you know what stage of practice are you in and and i i like to think big and so if i was in stage one i want to get into stage two or skip right through stage through stage two to stage three as quickly as possible and then we keep talking about the recurring theme here that success is in the systems but matt how many times do you do these morning meetings? How many times does some type of blockage keep coming up? Maybe maybe this week it comes up once or twice. Next week it comes up once or twice. And it demands your attention because it never goes away. And it hits you over the head. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait a minute. We need to address this. You know, do, do, you, do you find that you learn so much more about your practice by your team getting together and to t- talking about... Uh, about the day. Right. So, so a typical one that a doctor might run into is uh, what we call a capacity issue, right? So yes, um, it, it could be that you don't have uh, enough people to take care of your patients. So you, you don't, you've got plenty of rooms, but you, you don't have assistance in there. And, and so people are waiting, or it could be that you don't have enough rooms that, that uh, you're running into, you've got people sort of backed up and, and, and you could actually use some other rooms. So, um, so you can use that information as that's coming back to say, well, we got backed up because uh, we didn't have a room available. We got backed up because uh, the patient was, you know, sitting in, in the operatory and, and, and we, didn't have any, we didn't have a doctor to go see him or we didn't have an assistant to go see him or we didn't have a hygienist to go, go see them. So, um, so that's a common thing uh, that, that what you're referring to, right? Well, it is. And you think about developing leaders in your practice. I don't care what stage you're in. If if you will do this every single day, do the right thing and have a morning huddle every single day, your leaders will step up. I honestly believe that. And what you're doing is you're creating that culture, a culture of readiness, a culture of focus, a col- culture of research, um, a, a culture of training. And while well, I love this one the best, a People talk about the patient-centered practice all the time, and I believe it, that that's a culture where the patient is, is a patient-centered practice. But I like to take it a, a step further, and it's a culture of a team-centered practice Yes, where, where the team understands the role that they play, they understand their purpose, they understand the mission for the day, and they understand the vision as to where they're going. And, and um if if uh, if I was to rank this as imp- as far as a system in our practice, uh, top ten systems to make your dental su- practice successful. Wow, that's another podcast. Uh, I I I would have to rate the morning huddle 
way, way, way at the top. It may not be number one, but it's pretty close up there. Yeah, it's it's an essential in my book um, for sure. And uh, you know what you were talking about too is, um, you know, uh, like I said, when you've got a team really playing, and and we talk about in our practice, uh, one of our core values is that uh, we have a a practice of what we call fast walkers in a in a culture of high performance. And so you know, just think about it. If if you're in a high performance team, just even verbalizing that, how does that make you feel? Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, so when you're saying that mm. and, and your team is around there doing that, they're good. They want to step up. Um, they're like, whoa, I'm on a high performance team. I got to step up. And if the majority of the people are doing high performance, everybody, they raise everybody up. And, and that's part of the culture too, is to raise everybody up. And, and, that, and, and I, and, and at the end of our meetings, uh, like I said, we, we kind of do our compliments more towards the end. So, so we'll talk about, we'll end about what were, what were some great things that happened yesterday? Uh, who has a story? So it might be a patient story, or it might be, like you said, might be the assistant, Hey, it was their first time to uh, take an alginate impression and man, did they nail it? Um, so think things like that. Um, and then it might be inspirational quotes. I want to say, Hey, I found this quote. Uh, I want to read it. And, and this is why it, you know, touched me. Uh, or it might be um, just reading uh, someone gave a positive Facebook review or a, a positive Google review. And so we read mm. that and, you know, if, a, if, a, if a team member was mentioned specifically, then we celebrate that for them. So, so those kind of things, um, uh, is, is a good way to, to end your meeting is, is on a, as a high note and then basically say, let's go get them. Let's, you know, and my, I always end by saying, let's make it a great day. So, mm, um, that's good. So, and, and, we do the, listen, Matt, we do, I'm sorry to interrupt. We do the exact same thing, but we always bring an inspirational saying mm -hmm. and, and we always have, uh, any type of prayer request because some people go through hard times in life. Mm -hmm. And so we take prayer requests, we have a prayer and we say our inspirational saying, and it's always different things. Um, what, one of, one of my favorite ones by Thomas Edison, we've said several, several times is that everyone comes to him who hustles while he waits. <laughs> And so we, we, we said that one quite, quite a few times and, uh, you, you, you know, we, we are a high performance team. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and, and so, and that, and that's not for everybody. So if you're listening to this and going, geez, these guys are, these, these guys are too high octane for me. Uh, I'm not saying that you have to be that way, but you can certainly, you can bring your, your practice up into different levels without being quite as high energy but boy you have to really define what it is that that you want and and these systems that's are right. important you still have to meet about to stay you might not see as many patients coming through but you want your schedule to run smoothly and you want to be profitable so uh, john and i have practices where we have multiple players uh, you may be playing uh you know you may be playing golf or tennis. You just got, you know, two, four players and we've got multiple. So it's a little different game. There's more players in the mix, but the, all these, all these uh, concepts that we're talking about are, are basics for no matter what kind of practice that you have. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's really, really good. Well, um, Matt, you know, I, I would hope that if anybody listening to this podcast had any questions about this, uh, I, I know you, you certainly would be available and I, I would too, you know, we, we, we like to pay it forward. Yes. And, um, if anybody ever had any questions, um, you know, we're both members of Sunrise Dental Solution, which is Dr. Tony Feck, where it, it, it's a great, great group of people. Uh, they're all like-minded 
and they are on all different levels. People own multiple practices. People have small practices, large practices. Um, and so it's just a group of people that want to help each other. And that's why we're doing this. And, and I really don't have any idea. You know, we, my, my mom is probably the only one going to be listening to this. Not, I'm kidding, but, 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 you know, I don't care because I learned so much from you tonight. Yes. Uh, our whole point is how can we help other people? And, um, you know, guess what we're doing do, during the Corona COVID-19 pandemic. I texted, I'm sorry, I emailed my, my notes for today's meeting to all my team leaders, all six of my team leaders. And we had a brainstorming session all day long while my employees are at home. We should be working. We're not working. We're having a brainstorming session. How valuable was that for my employees to review the whole YT squared, the whole morning meeting strategy and they're brainstorming and we're texting back and forth about different things to help me have this meeting today. That's this awesome. meeting wasn't just my ideas. It was my, you know, all me and my, all my team leaders. And, right. and so, um, just that alone is going to help us be better. Right. And, and right. so, and it really makes you feel good about uh, where you've come. I'm, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Matt, thank you for having me. Thank you. John. Uh, I really, John. really appreciate it. It was good stuff. We'll, we'll come up with some more things. Uh, enjoy it. The hour goes by quickly and uh, there's a, a lot of really solid information. So until next time, thank you much, very much, everybody. See you next time. Thank you, Matt. Thank appreciate you, it. You've been listening to the Dental Master Series, a periodic podcast on timely and stimulating topics for the success-driven dentist. You can find more Dental Master Series podcasts at sunrisedentalsolutions.com or by searching for the Dental Master Series on your favorite podcast app. The Dental Master Series was created by Sunrise Dental Solutions, an exclusive community of highly successful practicing dentists who have succeeded through different paths, working as a group to meet the collective needs of their clientele. To learn more about how Sunrise Dental Solutions can optimize your practice and assist you in defining and achieving your vision, call 1-800-750-0737 or visit sunrisedentalsolutions.com.